This episode of The Winding Stairs is made possible by freemasonryart.com. You have arrived at The Winding Stairs, a program dedicated to Masonic education and the art of self-improvement. I am your host, Juan Sepulveda. And I thank you again for joining me on this journey up the winding stairs. Today we continue the conversation that we started with Brother Robert Hurd. Brother Robert is the publisher of Living Stones Magazine, one of the largest Masonic publications in the nation today. If you haven't listened to episode one of this conversation, I encourage you to do so. It's episode 34 of The Winding Stairs. But you don't have to listen to it to continue listening to this one. I just encourage you to do so because we share some very important things there about the way that we look at masonry and how it's important for us to take action if we find something that is not pleasing to us. Sitting and waiting for things to change, of course, is not the solution. But I find it very inspiring to hear from other brothers of what they did to change the status quo, to change things for the better. As we continue this conversation, you will hear about Brother Robert's involvement in what we know as the traditional observance movement. It is important that we pay attention because this is one of the movements or one of the initiatives that have made incredible strides in bringing back some things that we were missing from masonry. But we cannot be short-sighted and consider that to be the end-all and be-all of masonry. Masonry is masonry. So there are things from it that we can adopt into our respective lodges. And the conversation that we have on today's episode is one that gives you many, many ideas in order to bring more energy into your lodge. So I encourage you to continue listening till the end. Without further ado, here is Brother Robert Hurd on The Winding Stairs. Another big project that you you set yourself to to accomplish was to be involved in the establishment of Enlightenment Lodge number 198. And I've never started or seen personally the process of starting a lodge, but I presume that it is a very complex process. Uh, what motivated you or the group of, of brothers that got together to to establish this lodge? What motivated you all to to embark in this mission? Uh, again, sort of back to my story, it was uh, all revolving around the lack of fulfilling experience that I had. So uh, I had a, I wouldn't say a poor, but it just wasn't totally fulfilling for me, my experience. And funny enough, um, I, I found out that there were many other brethren, not only from my lodge, but from the other lodges, like I just mentioned, that also met in that building that just met on different nights. Uh, and through travel, being able to meet with each other, we all started to have these little discussions of, you know, we don't like this or we don't like that, or it sure would be nice if we could do X, Y, Z instead of ABC. And we're not getting good answers as to why we've been able to, uh, why we haven't been able to do that. So uh, through those talks and discussions, most of them in the parking lot, uh, we found out that there were so many of us, we, we could potentially start our own lodge and create that experience from scratch that we had desired. 
so we went through that process. Uh, and like you said, it, it wasn't an easy process. Uh, we certainly went through it very, very quickly, much more quickly than what we had expected to go through. We thought it would be uh, maybe a five-year process, uh, but we actually went through it in only about 18 months I, from what I, what I remember. Um, every state, every jurisdiction is different. They all have different rules, laws, rules, and regulations, you know, uh, about what it takes to start a new lodge. Um, I have helped create new lodges, uh, and I've also helped to transform lodges where sometimes brethren will come to me and they say, you know, you've had a lot of experience in this. Would you help us give us uh, some tips and tricks on what uh, what hurdles there are, maybe some uh, some things that we should do, or their processes? Uh, so I've been able to help several lodges, uh, both either create from scratch or transform a lodge where there were brethren who said we're not getting a fulfilling experience, but we're the only ones left, so we want to, you know, just uh, change our lodge. So I've I've certainly helped a lot of those lodges also. Uh, and it, again, it's just uh, not that I'm any particular big know-it-all or or, uh, or whatnot, but um, I have a lot of leadership experience. I've, I've worked for a leadership and management institution for 20 years now. So I give lectures and I help facilitate discussions and help those men figure out what they want uh, because there is no magic pill. If there was, Freemasonry would have found it a long time ago, how to you know fix lodges. So I just help them facilitate finding what it is that they desire. I'm becoming more familiar with the traditional observance movement. This is a what we now see, something that is spreading throughout the country. You can see a lot of uh, lodges admiring some of the initiatives that, that has taken place. Uh, yeah. how, how would you describe, for someone who knows nothing about what the traditional observance movement is, how would you describe that to them? Traditional observance masonry, and there's there's even arguments over its name. You know, some people have traditionally, excuse the pun, called it traditional observance. Some of them just call it observant masonry. Let's just, let's just remove the name for for a minute. The movement, what I like to call it, uh, it is just that there was an organization created to help just like what we've been talking about um, lodges who are struggling or. Freemasons who are struggling with their uh, with their experience, it was created to help those men. It turned into a movement because it was so popular. Freemasonry itself is not broken. You know what's broken is our our horrible substitution for it that we've we've come to know at the celebration of mediocrity and whatnot. So I, I hate to even use the monikers, but traditional observance masonry is basically nothing than actually performing true Freemasonry. There, there's, you know, a lot of people get all nervous about it and they think maybe it's some kind of black magic kind of ceremony or something. And it's, it's, it's <laughs> seriously not. Uh, they operate under the same ritual and rules and like everybody else. It, it's simply a group of guys who wanted a special lodge culture. Uh, and it's not to disparage any others. Uh, I believe everybody deserves their own culture, just like human beings. Uh, lodges are no different. I have no problem with a lodge that wants to dress up in coveralls and do a, a barn degree or whatnot. It's fun. It's, you know, that, that's their culture, and I, I respect that. And I'll even go and participate with them now and then. But there are other brothers who want their culture. 
Um, and, and so this, this movement, this observant masonry or traditional observant masonry was really about that. It's about allowing uh, a group of men to have a specific lodge experience, which is typically, uh, it typically has music. There may be incense, try and use a lot of candlelight for ambiance. There's usually sort of a, a uniform appearance. You know, some lodges have uh, like coat and tie, some lodges choose tuxedos. Uh, and, and again, it's it's not to appear any better than anybody else. It's it's just different. And that experience has has been popular, I think, because it has been a very successful model. Uh, and I say model again, because there's no, you know, even among traditional observance lodges, they're not the same. You can go to one observant lodge and it'd be this experience. You go to another one, it's totally, completely different experience. That was a much longer explanation than I, I thought. No, I was that, that's a very good explanation. That's a very good explanation yeah. because it, it, it shows that even within a movement that some people might perceive as hermetic, there is flexibility and there is a personalization within it. Uh, oh, absolutely. But the essence, uh, based on what I hear from you and what I've uh, heard from other brothers, the essence is there, is that you're attempting to provide brothers with a rich experience that it's going to help them have a catalyst for those experiences that enlighten them, those experiences that uplift them. I, I do agree that we do need that. Maybe we don't need a label for it. We just need to practice masonry the way it's supposed to be. And Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. when it comes down to it, it's simply just being, uh, you know, just practicing Freemasonry. The Winding Stairs is sponsored by Living Stones Magazine. Brother, if you haven't had a chance to check out Living Stones Magazine, I encourage you to do so today. Living Stones is a monthly publication that features articles by brothers like Charles Harper, Cliff Porter, and Tim Hogan, among many others. These articles are very insightful and should spark that desire for you to continue your search for light and masonry. You can even bring them to Lodge and share them with your brother as a contribution to Masonic education. You can download a free copy of Living Stones magazine today by going to livingstonesmagazine.com and click on free stuff. That way you get a chance to read it before you buy it. Living Stones is available in printed and digital version. Go to livingstonesmagazine.com. The Winding Stairs is also made possible by freemasonryart.com. I recently published a new collection of art related to the liberal arts and sciences. As you know, Freemasonry expresses its teachings through allegorical means. These represented by symbols. Those symbols are powerful. Go to freemasonryart.com and you can see how I utilize these symbols to create a work of art that can remind you of the lessons contained within the different degrees in masonry. Go to freemasonryart.com. Trying to do ritual as, as good as you can do ritual, uh, trying to fulfill that man uh, who maybe is being initiated as best you can to, to enlighten him, to bestow this, this new knowledge and maybe wisdom, this enlightenment upon him and not have it be some silly uh, or, or poor experience because I, I really believe in the energy uh, of an initiation. Um, and I don't know if you've ever heard anybody play uh, 
play the piano, but you know, when they hit a wrong note, it, it's almost painful. I mean, it yeah. literally is like almost painful. So sometimes when, when you go to a, a ritual and you hear a guy that's just making mistake after mistake and maybe he's sloppily dressed or he, he doesn't know his floor work, it literally is painful. Uh, and, and uh, you know, again, this whole observant masonry is about trying to get over that because, you know, in, in the United States the last 30 years, masonry has by far celebrated mediocrity to an extreme. You go to a, we go to a degree, we see a poor performance, yet at the end, somebody still stands up, claps, thanks everyone for, for a wonderful job. What does that do? That actually trains the young new guy to celebrate mediocrity. It tells him that it's okay not to know your part. It's okay not to do a good job. Um, and, and not only that, he'll actually get thanked for it. And maybe a Grand Lodge officer even has st stood up and thanked everybody for such a wonderful job. That kind of stuff, the, 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 those little hypocrisies like that are things that really irk me. Uh, as a person, I know if I make even a little mistake, I'm upset with myself and I try and do better next time. But Freemasonry in the last 30 years in general has not done a very good job in teaching men that that is what's supposed to happen, that we are literally supposed to try and, and be better, not be comfortable with poor performance and poor, poor experience. Hmm. Well, that's, that's, that's powerful. And <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't help but to remember moments where I have noticed exactly that, where I, I haven't stood up because of either I'm in, in a, an unfamiliar lodge or it's happened where I wasn't long enough. Uh, I wasn't a mason for long enough. And I thought to myself, yeah, they're really praising him for, for his mistakes. But, yeah. but anyway, we'll, we'll have, we'll continue that conversation later so I can speak frankly. Uh, <laughs> uh, for that brother that's sitting there, that it's new and it's noticing that perhaps people are not taking pride in seeking perfection in their performance would you have a word of advice for that brother what can he do even though he does he doesn't have an officer position he hasn't been in mason fruits for too long what can he do to start changing that culture well you know it's it's sort of like a a, a child a child is very impressionable and as a child grows up the child is either going to emulate its parents uh, actions or it's going to rebel against them and i think what freemasonry has seen in general on a large scale is masons rebel against the experience that they were have seen in in lodge so we have to be careful because again it it's we are educating them we're educating them on what we expect from them and we educate them what we accept as what's being okay my advice to them though is one of the reasons most men join in the very beginning, and, and one of the reasons they're sort of told uh, the purpose of Freemasonry is, is to change them. This is an, a personal experience. Now, yes, we share it with a lot of people, but it's sort of like sharing the path that you're on, even though we all have different destinations, maybe. Uh, that, that young man is looking at all those experiences, and he sees the good ones that he should emulate, and he sees the bad ones that he shouldn't. He needs to have that personal awareness. 
that his goal is to be better than himself, not necessarily to be better than others, but to be better than himself. So watch what other people do. And even a negative can be a positive. You can turn a negative and just, you know, sometimes we see somebody doing something wrong and we can say, you know what? Uh, that's sort of a blessing. I'm blessed by that person, even though they're doing something wrong because they've just taught me what I know that I never want to do. In, in 2012, you, you wrote a book called The uh, Initiatic Experience. And it, it talks about that process that helps a man evolve from one state to another. Um, what got you interested in, in that component of masonry as a whole or, uh, or that human okay. experience? What got you interested in that particular part? Uh, well, again, that, that is what I believe the foundation of Freemasonry is, is that transformation, uh, sort of like our, our older sister of alchemy teaches, you know, that turning that lead, that base into a gold or a higher self. Uh, so it really is about that transformative process. Uh, my interest sort of came, illustrious brother Bob Davis has done a lot of work in this area. Uh, it's an interesting sort of uh, field of sociology. Uh, and it, it revolves around cultural initiations. Now, in other cultures, uh, I mean, one of the biggest ones, Latin America, for instance, they celebrate things much more than we do. You know, you have quinceañeras for, for girls and boys when they turn 15. Uh, weddings are much more celebrated and whatnot. In, in the United States, um, our culture has sort of shifted and changed, and we don't celebrate those coming-of-age type things uh, anymore like other cultures do. And I think that's uh, a really bad thing for us. Um, our young men and young women don't have a firm understanding of maturity or that point where they should no longer be a child and start becoming an adult. Uh, you know, we, we still have sort of a sweet 16, you can drive, you know, 18, you can vote, 21, you can drink, but there's really no there's no demarcation like, like there still are in other cultures where there are these huge celebrations when uh, a person is literally the day before he's a child and the day after he's a man. Um, and I believe that is part of the initiatic experience of Freemasonry and what it has in common with ancient cultures and civilizations is the pathway to that the pathway of showing a man and, and making him realize that he has a future state that he desires and he has a current state in which he, he is in and he has to do something to bridge that gap uh, through you know experience and lessons and philosophy and education uh, but also uh, the men who are the initiators are charged with bestowing that upon him in a way that is meaningful energetic and you know powerful so that's sort of where the book came from uh, I had found I had done a lot of cultural studies you know uh, anthropology sociology and, and I just found so many connections I found a lot of particular connections that are interesting to us as Freemasons uh, through all of the cultures Egypt Greece you know with uh, our our older brother Pythagoras and uh, the Rosicrucians and the Templars so I sort of through my book I have this long linear history where I start to show how these cultures had these rituals and how similar they are all around the world and how they uh, how we all have a common thread even the thread of our 
Masonic initiatic experience. So that's what the book really, uh, really outlines. It sounds like something that brothers could use and not just brothers, anybody could use, uh, embrace that, that process of, of transmutation uh, of sorts. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, brother, you've been very generous with your time and with your wisdom. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with us today. My honor, my pleasure. I don't know about you, but I found so many things in this interview so inspiring. I hope that you take some of these lessons to heart. You actually make a commitment to bring these lessons to your lodge, share them with your brothers. Uh, even better, if you get an opportunity to share this episode with your brothers, the leadership of your lodge, please do so. Perhaps they can become inspired to take great strides into making Freemasonry better for everybody involved. You can learn more about the magazine, Living Stones Magazine. Uh, you can find information on that by going to initiatic.guru. It's not a .com, it's initiatic. I-N-I-T-I-A-T-I-C dot G-U-R-U. You can find a lot more information on that. And I'll provide links to his website on freemasonryart.com. Simply go to the podcast section of freemasonryart.com. You'll find this episode along with a collection of many episodes that can help you on your journey up the winding stairs. I would also like to thank Billy Mays III of Infinite Third for providing some of the music that you hear on our program i encourage you to also listen to his music if you have a moment let him know that you appreciate him lending some of his talent for our production you can see more of his work at infinitethird.com finally brothers i leave you with this when you listen to this episode when you listen to any of the episodes on the winding stairs do yourself a favor and do the brotherhood a favor don't let it just come in one year, get you excited and nothing happens. Make a commitment to apply the things that you learn in this podcast. Make a commitment to go out there inspired and continue to search for more light and Mason. This is the only way in which we can make the experience in Freemasonry for us better and for those who surround us. Until we meet again, may your steps be firm and your path illuminated as we continue our journey up the winding stairs. Hey, you still there? <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you for listening, even though the audio quality wasn't the best. Yes, I have a cold, and that's why I sounded weird during the episode. And I was using the wrong microphone during the interview. So I appreciate you listening all the way to the end. If you found it valuable, please make sure to share it with some friends. Share it with some brothers. And thank you as always for listening. Bye. I'm done. I'm not talking anymore. You keep on doing what you're doing.